Hello, everyone, and welcome to Digital Roadmap, an old-school gaming podcast where we explore how the games of the past brought us the games that we love today. I'm your host, Grant, and today we're discussing The Sims from Maxis. This life simulator was released at the beginning of 2000, and this was Will Wright really taking the SimCity model down to the micro level. Now, there's not a lot of spoilers to really worry about here, but there are spoilers ahead if you care about how the game plays without knowing how the game plays, you've been warned. Now, control-wise, the majority of this game is done with the mouse. You click on a location and select an action for that location. So you can either walk there, you can sit on it. If it's a chair or a couch or something, you can lay down on a couch or a bed. You can play with your computer. You can take a shower if it's a shower stall or a bathtub. Basically, any interaction is done with the mouse. The keyboard is mostly used for shifting between levels of the house, be it up or down a level, or just switching between your family members, which can typically be done with your number keys across the top row. Now, the gameplay on this, it's a very basic gameplay loop. You get a job, you build your skills, you improve your job, you build more skills, etc., etc., etc. And to do that, you do it by building your house, you put the walls up, design the layout, Pick a carpet, pick a wallpaper, add some windows so you can get some actual light in there so it doesn't feel like an absolute tomb. Put a roof on, or at least pick your style of roof. The roofs are pretty automatic. And then you furnish your house. You buy your furniture, you buy your items to fill the house, and as you go along, the loop begins again. You improve, you make more money, you upgrade your house, and eventually you move to a bigger lot and start all over again with a new house and build that up and more and more and more. Now, throughout all this, you actually have to keep your mood up by keeping your daily life in control. So your hunger, your sanitary needs, your need to actually do something fun instead of just do something. And you also socialize with other family members and other neighbors, which will help you kind of network a bit as well and get some extra skills, get some social points, maybe even have some people come by and do some of the work for you instead of you doing it yourself. And that's done also... And that's done either by people dropping by to hang out from time to time, or you can actively invite them once you've made friends with them. And the main way to add people to the family is through marriage. You can marry men or women, your choice, depending on how you build your relationships over the course of the game. Now, mechanic-wise, using the items actually allows your skills to grow. You have your bookshelves, which will give you your basic skills of like cooking, repair, a little bit of science skills as well. And... Those are important because when you get into actually doing these things, you can do cooking to raise your cooking skill, fixing things to increase your repair skills, and you, you get better by doing just like in real life. But always, always, always start by reading in this game. Do not just start cooking and hoping things are going to go well, especially on a, like a big gas range, because at too low of a skill, it can cause things to go wrong. You can have pipes break, and then you're standing there in a bunch of flooded toilet water. Or in the more extreme case, you can have a fire without a fire alarm at any point and you can imagine how that'll turn out now most of your key skills do feed into your job performance as well so an astronaut needs to have a high science and a high repair skill to get to the top of their field and with these skills and with a good mood you can also improve your job and that part of that key thing is to go to work on time you can call in once in a while but if you do it too much or you miss the carpool too often you're going to lose your job and there goes your main source of income unless you want to be an artist which only takes you so far overall. Now, a better position in your job does mean more money to spend on better skill items. And there are grades of the items that you buy. So a basic computer or a basic bookshelf will raise your skill, say, at a plus two rate, whereas a high-end one will raise your skill at a plus six rate. 
arbitrary numbers, but just to show the example. And as your skills get better, as you get better tools to improve your skills, it frees up more time for you to do everything else in your day-to-day life, which allows you to get more done and to get higher accomplished. Essentially, in this game, money really does buy happiness. Now, the graphics in this game are pretty polygon-based. It's early 2000. It's very much early 3D tech. The houses look great. The architecture and all that, it looks gorgeous. You can lay out your house nicely. There's, It's got some very, very fine, basically, map-making tools in the game. The items are gorgeous. You actually get some really good, high-quality images on it. But you can't zoom in too much, so you can't really see the faces of your characters. So it's hard harder to tell what their emotions are, but it basically communicates through what would now be emoticons. It wasn't really a thing back then. But either the conversations you're having or the feelings that your character is feeling at the time are represented by basic little emoticons over their head or clip art symbols, essentially. Now, there's really no story in this game except the story you make for your characters. So as you play along, you're going to start building a story around these people, the relationships they form and all that. That's all going to become a new thing for you. I will say this about the soundtrack. It is incredibly stylish. It has different songs for the shop menu versus the build menu, the play menu. If certain things happen, dramatic moments, you'll start getting different music for that. My personal favorite is the shop menu. It is classic, iconic shopping music. Essentially what you would expect to hear in a mall back in the 70s. I'm going to link to a clip of it in the show notes so you can hear it. It is amazing. Giving to charity is a good thing. Giving to charity and getting a game in return is an even better thing. With the Humble Store, you can do just that. When you buy from the Humble Store, a portion of every purchase goes to charity. It doesn't matter if you buy a single game, one of their game or book bundles, or their monthly bundle deal. Every purchase helps out a great cause. Humble includes a wonderful collection of new releases, indie darlings, and even the time-tested classics. Games like Orwell, where you serve as a member of a government surveillance program, deciding the information to pass up the chain of command. Do you ignore the context and make someone look like just an unhinged killer? Or do you ignore your instincts, even at the risk to public safety, just to make sure you don't give the wrong details? One of the classics that I love and I keep going back to is Fallout, the original. It's a post-apocalyptic game that launched the whole series. Can you find the water chip needed to save your people before time runs out? And I don't even want to get into the rest of the story after that happens. After you win your objective, there's a whole other story that pans out that's also very crucial. And as an added bonus for listeners of this podcast... If you buy anything after following the link in the show notes, a small portion of your purchase is going to be given to the show. This helps support the kind of content you're listening to right now, helps offset some of our hosting costs. So if you were looking for a new game or to get a classic that won't run off the discs anymore because it just doesn't run on modern systems, go to the Humble Store using the links in the show notes and get something for your donation. The voice acting is interesting in this game in that it's not really voice acting. It is basically a made-up language called Simlish. So you have a group of characters that speak this absolute gibberish that sounds vaguely like another language, but not exactly. And that's so that basically they can send this game out everywhere. They aren't remaking that audio for it. They're not changing the emoticons in the conversations because that's how you convey the basic concepts. And it's just a really neat way to do that. Now, if you've ever played this game and you have ever tortured your Sims, you don't have to feel bad because that was done by the development team early in the development process, it was one of those things that Will Wright expected to have happen, and he knew was going to happen, that here's a tool set, here's a very broad, open-ended tool set for you to do. They started taking away the ladders from the pool to see what would happen. They started 
locking them in a room with 15 ranges and no doors out to see what would happen. It, it was expected. It was something that they knew was going to happen. And it's, it's a bit of an entertaining aspect to it. Like, okay, cool. I've got the basics of the game down. I wonder what happens if. Now, this game, when it came out, did have seven expansion packs over its life cycle. And that really set a trend for the franchise. Most of the expansion packs were tied into item packs, so you're getting a bunch of new items to play with, a bunch of new items to use, usually around a theme, and that theme usually introduced a new gameplay mechanic as well. Now, one of the neat things about The Sims is it was actually inspired by Will Wright having to rebuild his, lo- his life and his house after a fire had taken all his stuff away, and he was fascinated by the process of building this house for himself from scratch and just the materialistic nature of acquiring stuff because he had to basically rebuy all of his things because it would take him out in the fire. And I can't find the article I used to read about this. It was a fascinating article. It has stuck with me. This story could be completely apocryphal, and if it is, I apologize. But during the early versions of this game, when they were early in the development, when they were working on the AI that would basically run your Sims when you're not telling them what to do, it was too good. It was so good at running the life that the player had no need to be a part of it. So they actually scaled it back. They made the game dumber so that you would have to take part. You would have to help them run their lives and give you an actual gameplay mechanic to engage with. One of the other things I love about this is that it was designed to be easy to mod. Now, largely that was to help the internal team build new items quick and iterate on ideas quicker. But this actually led to a massive modder scene of player-made items added into the game. This scene is still going strong. I can still find old mods for Sims 1. It's insane. I love it. I would actually put the modding scene on this game on par with creatures, with how dynamic and how involved the community has been building things over the years. Now, I can't really point to any games that this has influenced. Not because there's none out there, not because people haven't tried, but nothing has succeeded in the way this did. This game is a true original. It is a -a one-of-a-kind concept, and you don't see it outside of maybe freemium games of which Sims has its own freemium version. So it really is the dominant creature of this life sandbox simulator world. Now, the manual for the game is nothing to write home about. There's no universe building. It's done very much in the style of the game. The icons are very similar. The design is very similar. But it gives you a simple tutorial to show you how the game works, and it gives a pretty good description of what the different mechanics and different meters do in the game. But otherwise, there's not really anything there to talk about. Now, I would not necessarily recommend this game it's actually incredibly hard to get it doesn't run the best on modern hardware what i would suggest is skipping ahead to three maybe four but three i think you can get some good deals on complete packs those are actively supported still so you can get help for it and you can see how the game has evolved you can kind of get an idea of what the game is now while still seeing the hints and the foundation of what the sims was the sims almost became an experimental version of what the later games would become And they were able to iterate on it. They were able to make it better and make it smoother and make it a little bit easier to interact with over time. And so that's it for The Sims. Thanks for joining me this episode. If you want to reach out, you can do it on Twitter at Roadmap Podcast. You can come by the website, roadmappodcast.com, or come to the Discord channel as well. We've got always got that active. Feel free to suggest some older games we should play while you're there. Maybe share some of your favorite memories of The Sims franchise, your favorite way of making a character disappear into a ghost. Or even just ask some questions. I'm always happy to answer questions about anything. Don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Really, wherever you're getting your podcasts, you can get this and you can review there as well. 
Now, next episode, we're going to be looking at the history of education kind of snuck into fun games. The ways that games can kind of hide the edutainment factor as opposed to blatant ones like even Carmen Sandiego was pretty blatant and it was a pretty simple loop. That's actually a lead into the Sierra edutainment game, Dr. Brain. It was a series of games. We're going to pick one of them and go, go ahead with it. It's actually new to me because I've never played them before. So I'm actually looking forward to trying this out for the first time. I've played plenty of Sierra games. I don't know how this adds up. I don't know if they've added in the desk. I'm going to learn all this new for myself. So come back then and thanks for listening. <laughs>